the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out here at Finley Volkswagen, Valley Auto Mall. Get down here. Got some tickets to give away. You're certainly going to want to get more information on that. Chapman's back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Oh, that was a big woo for uh, the return of Golden Knights hockey last night in a three-game night in the National Hockey League. We have six more to come tonight that uh, will be played as we balance that uh, high-wire act between COVID uh, and making sure that uh, the teams are set up in a good situation and getting the games in. But uh, we've got a half dozen going tonight, so we'll have plenty to talk about uh, throughout the two hours as well as uh, looking back on Last night's impressive performance against the L.A. Kings. Darren Elliott called it holiday hockey. Uh, there is certainly a lot of that uh, in uh, Crypto.com Arena as well as uh, the other two games in the National Hockey League. Uh, High-scoring, awesome games, coach's nightmare. But, well, if you're on one side. Actually, the San Jose-Arizona game. I think both coaches could have done without that one. 8-7 uh, Dis- in the shootout. Disagree. Disagree 100%. Like, from an Arizona Coyotes perspective – being involved in that game, pushing it to overtime, mm-hmm. that's a win in and of itself. Like, they, the Arizona Coyotes, they might not score seven goals over the next four games. At least they got one. At least they had a moment. We had a big debut last night. Brian McCormick uh, called his first regular season National Hockey League game. We'll connect with him in a couple of minutes and get deep into the Vegas School of the Night side of things. But on that Arizona-San Jose game, a couple mm-hmm. of things jumped out at me. Uh, Arizona scored seven goals mm-hmm. and never led. Yep. That's that's yep. hard to do. It is hard to do. To score that many goals and never enjoy the advantage uh, throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of it is uh, that uh, that they were a good team. Like they, they showed some great resolve. They they can be really proud of, of what they did last night. And they allowed eight goals. <laughs> like you, you sounds about right. You can't you can't do that every day. Where you can go, ah, that was that was impressive. We can feel mm-hmm. good about uh, what we did there. Yeah, uh, in a lot of different things, and allowed eight goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's I think kind of the Arizona Coyote season in a nutshell, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a game in which they did a lot of good things and allowed eight goals so and only lost by one. No, six three uh, in in Vegas, L.A. Nine goals. Yeah, five four. Mm-hmm. Tampa beats Montreal. Yep, comes from behind. Nine goals, eight seven. Mm-hmm. As San Jose defeats Arizona, you got 15 goals. Yep. Yep. You know what's missing in all of that? No, no hat tricks. Nah, that's a good point. No hat tricks. And 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 I think in in the uh, in one of the two cases, mm-hmm. the the most points in that Arizona uh, and and uh, San Jose game was mm-hmm. two points. For, for one of the sides. Mm. Uh, San Jose, I think the, the most points, it was completely spread out. Yeah. 
I think on the Arizona side there was a three pointer. Uh, Phil, Phil, four pointer. Yeah, Phil, Phil Kessel yeah. had had four points. But the but the San Jose side, two points. Like, listen, I, I I'm gonna say bizarre. That, I'm gonna say that uh, if you've got a four apple night for Phil Kessel, that's as good as a hat trick. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Phil was Phil was good. I went back and watched it. Uh, after our game, mm-hmm. because I just had to soak it. I asked Darren Elliott at the end of our, our post-game show, when was the last time you saw an 8-7 game? <laughs> and his response was, I was oh. probably in it. <laughs> which, uh, which, was a, which was a great, great line. But yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a lot uh, uh, happening from last night that we will get into. Uh, Tampa Bay and Montreal playing a thrilling game. And uh, will we get uh, the same type of performances tonight with, uh, with another six games as the teams come out of their, their holiday break and, and sort of balance their lineups uh, and get uh, as many people in as, as they can? Uh, there's been a change in the uh, protocol with the National Hockey League that will bring you up on, as well as, uh, as what's happened at the World Junior Hockey Championship with a dramatic decision there to cancel uh, the 2022 uh, championships in Edmonton and Red Deer. But uh, on the subject of, of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, it was it was fun. It was uh, hectic. It was uh, also uh, really entertaining. Uh, a lot went uh, the Vegas Golden Knights' uh, way in that 6-3 win, including the debut of Brian McCormick as the play-by-play voice for a National Hockey League regular season game. And uh, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights joins us uh, now. Uh, what time did you get back last night, and did you get any sleep after enjoying that moment? <laughs> yeah, you know, I did, Darren. I, I got, I think we got back around like one thirty uh, in the morning, so uh, got into bed, fell asleep, uh, and then woke up this morning a little bit before eight. But I felt like I'd been flattened by a truck. So I, I guess I uh, the, the wheels were turning between my ears a lot faster than I thought they were throughout the day yesterday. So I woke up tired, but. Uh, it was it was a great experience, uh, one of the best nights of my life, and uh, really uh, appreciative uh, for the Vegas Old Knights and for Dan Duva, Gary Laws, and they they let me fill in for them and uh, and be there for what was as you said a good game, an exciting game, and a game where I didn't have to think too much, so that was good. I want to just set the table, and then we'll get into the game itself uh, and and talk about uh, the performances, uh, but the the whole process that you went through uh, to call this game. Uh, Dan Duva has been placed in COVID protocol. Uh, Gary Lawless is a close contact, so uh, he's not available uh, to, to travel with the team. When, when did the whole idea of you calling uh, the, the Tuesday night game in L.A. Uh, enter the picture? When were you notified, and how did it come, come to be? Uh, yeah, it was, around, uh, it was early Monday. Uh, I started just getting texts and phone calls from PR people that – seemed a lot more uh, forward thinking of like, hey, you know, in this weird COVID circumstances we're in, just make sure you're keeping an eye on what's going on with both clubs in case it's ever needed. They're like, yep, that sounds good. I'll do, you know, just be my, do my homework and be ready. Uh, and within about 20 minutes, it was, okay, the flight leaves in a couple hours and uh, make sure you're there. So it was very, very much a, a whirlwind. Uh, luckily it wasn't a hard thing to, to pack a bag because I wore a suit for 90% of the time between the flight and the, uh, the game day stuff, uh, quick, quick, quick turnaround. Uh, but luckily, uh, as you know, all I do is watch hockey and therefore there wasn't too much, uh, homework to, to get up to speed and familiarize ourselves. And especially coming out of the Christmas break, uh, there hadn't been a whole lot going on for the four or five days prior. So, uh, I was ready to go. And again, it was a, un- Unfortunate the circumstances for which they needed me to fill in, but 
uh, I've talked to Dan and Gary. They're both feeling fine, so uh, happy to hop in. At, at any point last night, did it feel different from you know, calling a Henderson Silver Knights game or different from games that you've called in the past? Did, did, was there a moment that, that maybe put it into perspective that this is the National Hockey League here? Yeah, 100%. First of all, usually when I do a Silver Knights game, uh, I have a hot dog in my hand, half of it in my mouth, and they say, all right, Brian, run here in five, four, three, and I just jump into it. Uh, this is the first time I've had major pregame jitters uh, in a long, long time. The clock has never moved slower than it did yesterday afternoon waiting to get to 7.30. Um, but, you know, when you're sitting in, the, in an empty Staples Center and it slowly starts to fill up around you, or, excuse me, uh, Crypto.com Arena, I had it down last night. Uh, when it starts to fill up around you, it starts to sink in that it's, it's real. Yeah. Uh, and it's real, it's really happening. And, uh, I got to meet Alex Faust, uh, from the Kings, which was nice of him to stop by and introduce himself. But of course, Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty were, uh, Ashley Vice were throughout the, the couple of days, uh, the, the support system to get me ready for, uh, NHL game one. So that makes it real. But, you know, everyone doing, you know, who works uh, in broadcasting wants to broadcast in the NHL or in the AHL. You know, we all have that same story of how we got there when we were a little kid and uh, had to, you know, we all, we all have a story like that. So as it nears and as warm-ups start and you realize, like, oh, gosh, I actually, I get to do this. Now, it, that, that's that's the, uh, the overwhelming sense. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're actually going to let me do this. Uh, th- that's kind of when it hits home. You also had to do it by yourself because of uh, the protocols uh, that were put in place. Uh, didn't have an analyst with you, uh, which is fine. You've done hundreds of games by yourself over the course of, of the years. Uh, but it gets a little crazy when you're doing it by yourself and the teams combine for four goals in a minute 16. Yeah, I could have used a mathematician at one point yeah. for sure just to tally it up. <laughs> that was the funny thing. Uh, Nate uh, Yule, the, the VP of communications for the Golden Knights, he was the one who told me that I was going. And when he told me I was going, he was like, all right, you're going to be alone, but that's okay. You, you do all your games alone. You've been training for this for years. Uh, so it was... It was probably for the best in its own way, just because as amped up as I was last night, uh, yeah, had Gary been next to me, he probably wouldn't have been able to get a word in edgewise. I would have been rude. So <laughs> it was, uh, yes, I, I am used to doing it alone, so that didn't uh, make it any more of a challenge. Uh, would have been nice to have some company for sure, but it, uh, it, 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 no complaints whatsoever. I, I had more than enough to say, luckily, for a couple hours last night. <laughs> Now, like when you when you look back on this this game, uh, kind of just the ability to to call it. What do you what are you going to take out of it? What are you going to kind of remember um, last night by? There's a lot of different things just within the context of the game. There's that four goal span in a minute and sixteen seconds. There's a, a really strong penalty kill uh, from the Golden Knights. Some great calls on some big saves uh, by you in in that middle frame. Like, what are some of those things you're going to take away from that moment? Yeah, you know, I think two things. First of all, just the game itself was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the, there was four goals in the span of a minute 16 and then back-to-back goals in a minute 26 to start the second period. I mean, 6-3 is the, is the final score, and that's a pretty high-scoring game, but I thought it was going to go higher than that, the way things were going for the first, you know, 25 minutes of gameplay or whatnot. So the fact that it was a dynamic, fun, run-and-gun style was, was a lot of fun. It's fun to call games like that, you know, because – you almost stop thinking altogether. It just it kind of becomes reactionary. Uh, and when those when the game's like that, you get to be as a fan just as much as anybody else. 
You know, you're not yelling because the time calls for yelling. You're yelling because, oh, my gosh, there's four goals in a minute and a half. How much fun is this? So certainly I'll take that away, that it was, it was, so, it was such a great game to call. Uh, and I was thankful that I, I got to do it because I would have been just as amped sitting on the couch at home. Uh, the second thing I'll take is, is to do something like this. It's, it's fun for me. It's really cool. Uh, but, you know, the, the phone was blowing up the entire game as well because you have all my friends who I went to high school with and played hockey with and went, you know, uh, beer league with, you know, half of New York, New Jersey, and Florida uh, were listening into the game and, and the phone kept going off every two seconds, which is almost distracting. I had to move it down the counter. Um, but, but it is kind of fun to know that, that there are other people excited too that's neat for them uh, to, to listen in and, you know, they, we used to have hockey conversations in the locker room or in the truck bed or, or whatever else for a decade, and now they get to hear me do one on the radio. It's, it's, it's neat in that sense, too. So it was, it was fun for me, and it was also fun that for you know, siblings, parents, and some of my buddies that, uh, that they got a kick out of it, too. VGK Insider Show broadcasting from Finley Volkswagen in the Valley Auto Mall as we uh, break things down with Brian McCormick on the Golden Knights' big win over the L.A. Kings last night uh, to take over sole possession of first place in the Pacific uh, Division, uh, first place in the Western Conference, and Brian McCormick uh, makes his National Hockey League debut calling a regular season game. If you missed any of it, here is a sample of his work. Marcia so lead pass, Carlson left wing, he hit the post! Rebound for here from Marcheseau, backhander scores! William Carlson caught iron, but Jonathan Marcheseau follows up, deposits the rebound, it's 3-1 Vegas. Another quick tic-tac-toe passing play in tight. Shot deflection, score! White Cloud from the blue line, redirected in by Matthias Yanmark in front. And the chaos at Crypto continues, it's 5-1 Vegas. Well done. Uh, that was uh, that was great. Uh, what what was your vantage point like uh, from from that uh, press box and that broadcast booth? Oh, it's fantastic. It really is. It's it's uh, it, basically the bottom of the upper bowl is where they've got a space carved out, uh, and mine is is right on the red line. It's it's fifty yard line seating. Uh, and Shane Knighty and, and Dave Gosher said, like you're you're really gonna like your spot. And my booth is right next to them. I was five feet away from them, so every now and then I was able to give a glance over. Um, but a great spot, and I was thankful for that, too, because I was a little worried. Uh, you know, on a night when you don't want to embarrass yourself, you hope that you can see everything. So L.A. is a, is a heck of a spot. Uh, did anybody make you do the broadcast version of a hot lap? Or was there anything that, that, <laughs> that, that, that initiated you to the, to the whole experience? You know, yeah, I, I should have said this before when you asked, like, what will I take away from the experience? Because this is the one part that was uh, a bit of a, I got a little red, uh, embarrassed. There is no broadcast version of a hot lap that I can think of, but the way that they can make you feel embarrassed as a rookie is when, as a broadcaster, they put out a social media uh, graphic of your call-up, yes. which is funny. And I like it was it was a very nice gesture. I liked it. It was it was very nice. However, I got into the the uh, the elevator at the hotel after morning skate. And Jake Lecision, who, of course, is with the HSK a lot this year. Yeah. We know each other well. He's in there, a couple of the other VGK guys. And someone says, hey, did you see Brian's graphic this morning? And Jake says, yeah, I did. And the other player is like, what are you talking about? So he shows it to them, and everyone chuckles, like, oh, that's, that's nifty. And then Jake says, wait a minute, Brian, don't you run the Twitter account? And I said, no. No, I don't. <laughs> so there's a lot of people 
There's a lot of people who think that uh, I'm posting glamour photos of myself to the HSK Twitter account. That is not the case. So I guess that was my that was my rookie debut embarrassment that I got to to withstand uh, yesterday. Do you, did you say the lineup? Did you get uh, a couple of things that you can maybe put in a shadow box or a, people don't yeah. have photo albums anymore? But uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm not even joking about this. You, you might as well take a couple of things to remember your first game from. And I'm a, I'm a sentimentalist, Darren. I throw nothing away to a fault. It's going to catch up to me over time. But I saved the game notes. I saved my uh, my own personal handwritten notes that I work off of, uh, credential. And then actually, uh, Critter, the uh, the equipment manager, was nice that he grabbed a puck for me and then threw me a oh. puck too. So I've I've got a nice little grab bag that I'll uh, I'll have to remember the occasion. And we know that uh, that Dan and uh, we we send him our best. It sounds like he's he's in in great uh, condition. Asymptomatic was the yep. last word that uh, uh, that I got. Uh, so he's in he's in COVID protocol. But do we do we know what happens on on Friday? I I don't. I, I, my okay. hope, of course, is that Dan's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was great to, to pinch hit for a game, and I appreciate that. And, and as I always say, I'm, again, it's hey Brian, do you mind working an NHL game? Uh, no, that's. I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. It, it was a privilege, and, and uh, thankful for the opportunity. And it was great. And if it's ever required again, then I'm happy to do it. I hope it's not. I hope Dan Duva does every single game the rest of the way because uh, nobody's better than him. Um, but, uh, you know, again, my, my hope is that Dan's good to go this weekend. And if not, uh, I, I'll do it, I'm told, uh, as me. But, obviously, the, the hockey schedule on all fronts is picking up as hopefully we're moving back towards uh, normalcy again. And uh, plenty of hockey coming on, on all fronts this weekend. I don't break a lot of hockey news anymore, but I thought I might be able to get a get a scoop on the broadcast side uh, with, with that one. Uh, so, Henderson, you, you guys are scheduled. The Silver Knights are scheduled Friday, Saturday, right? Correct. Yep. Friday night is in Ontario, and then Saturday is back home against Bakersfield. Well, that's a tough doubleheader if you have to do Friday at noon in Vegas and then <laughs> Friday night in Ontario. I, again, I have... Uh, I have no idea. What that, I, I'm planning to go to Ontario. That's, that's, uh, I've been doing my Ontario homework all day long. I'm not so, going to uh, betray any confidence here, but I'm going to uh, read something that uh, I just received, and it's from Joel Ward, and uh, I don't think that he would have an issue with this, but he just says, uh, so happy for BMAC, such a good dude, well-deserved. Uh, Joel just uh, fired that that text over, so he's listening to the VGK Insider Show like every good hockey person does in the Las Vegas Valley. <laughs> we are the uh, the source for all information when, when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights in the National Hockey League, but that's one of the cool things, uh, Brian, is 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 that uh, so many people are, are happy for you about this, but as far as the game goes, what, what do you think, what do you take away from, from the Vegas uh, performance? Well, you know, it was so, again, it was fun. It was wide open. And we talked before the game about, all right, it's been seven days since the last game. It had been nine days for the Kings. Is it going to be a sluggish start? Is it going to take everyone time to, to knock out the cobwebs? And I, I guess you could say that did and didn't happen from both ends. There was no shortage of offense, but part of the reason was that the Golden Knights, they were able to crowd the front. They were able to get their shots through from, from up top, which was significant. Um, but they were also able to capitalize on the, on the Kings' mistakes. I mean, there were two goals that were just off of blatant turnovers, uh, the Stevenson goal, the second Marcheseau goal. So uh, if there were cobwebs to, to knock out, it wasn't a matter of, of uh, being able to connect passes tape to tape. It was more about defensive assignments. And, uh, again, that makes for a, a fun hockey game. So if we were afraid that yesterday coming out of the break was going to be sluggish and tentative, it was anything but. 
uh, and for the for the Golden Knights, you know, Jonathan Marcheseau is still doing Jonathan Marcheseau things. Max Pacioretty is still doing Max Pacioretty things. But you know, Keegan Colasar and uh, Matthias Yamar both snap lengthy droughts. Nick Waugh has been producing. If, if that depth scoring from the bottom six can continue, uh, it's a really really tough lineup to stop when the lines are rolling. We know that already. But I'm curious to see after last night, does that give a little bit more of a spark uh, to the bottom six? You know, Brian, you and I prior to the game spoke a little bit about the, the, the power play for the Golden Knights and, you know, how over the last seven or eight games, it's been really, really good clicking on, on really all cylinders. And last night was another example that when you're playing with confidence on your power play, even if the personnel you become accustomed to isn't in the lineup, see Petrangelo, Dodonov, and uh, Mark Stone, you're still able to, to convert and produce. And, and that's just another wrinkle that, that adds to the depth of this Golden Knights team. Absolutely, Ryan. And, and, you know, I think what was so good about the power play last night was it was decisive and it was quick. Mm. You know, sometimes I think we, we confuse in-zone possession as success. Well, if you have the puck around, if you have the puck in the offensive zone for a minute and a half and you're whipping around the perimeter, that's all well and good. But if it doesn't generate anything from the middle, then what good was it? And last night, when you look at the goals they score, the Riley Smith goal is... Uh, you know, a um, puck moved quickly from right point to left and then down low quickly. And that was off a face-off. Jonathan Marshall so helped the win. But they got, they beat the shift from right to left, and then they get to the front. The Stevenson goal, a turnover, get it to the front quickly. It was the decisiveness to get the puck into the dangerous areas immediately and do your decision-making from between the circles uh, that made it a very short night for Jonathan Quick. I still don't know how Kolasar touched the puck. I, I still haven't seen it. Uh, I, I, I was impressed. I was impressed by the Marcheseau finish. Uh, I, I liked uh, uh, what happened uh, on, on the Yanmark goal, but the Riley Smith goal was the nicest goal of the night. That forehand—I don't know whether you call it a chip or a tip—but uh, we, we, we talked about it a couple of times on, on the television side last night. That is a skilled play off of uh, yeah. off of a. a a transition type of face-off win and then get it to the point where you'd maybe type uh, some teams will just control the puck a little bit longer but that that tip that that he made uh where he was positioned was incredibly delicate it, it's almost like it's a it's a hack that's all ripped yeah right and i think if somebody else in the league like chris Kreider does it pretty well too yeah. but what's so tough about that is that it's hard to defend that because it's He's standing in tight. You're not going to be able to move him all that well, that tight to the goaltender. And from where he's redirecting it up, it's basically even with Jonathan Quick. It's not out in front. It's nothing that Quick can adjust to. It's basically if the puck, usually for a goaltender, it's okay, the puck can't beat me or I can't get beat to the open side. There, if the puck reaches Riley Smith, if it reaches him at all, there's nothing you can do. And that's really, really hard to defend which is why, again, it's, you can get traffic in front, and that's all well and good. But if you can get to that spot, and if Jonathan Marshall has that lane, which, again, is a quick decision-making, don't overhandle, just get it down low, there's really nothing they can do about that. And, and except, that's, uh, except, Ryan, you've you got to have the hands to be able to finish on that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I talked to a forward after who, who used to be a power forward, and we were discussing this because I'm just fascinated by this one play. And I'll beat it all the, for, the, for the next two hours. Beat that drum. The, <laughs> the, 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 the guy told me was you either stop the puck, like flatten your blade, uh, or you try and uh, stop it and, and shoot it, or it goes off the top of the stick and into your face. 
Like, there's there's, there's yeah. a lot a lot of different you're right options there. there. If you're not you're not presenting a target with your yeah. stick out in front of you. That's basically a shot at your feet. Yeah. And and he it's he manages to, to, to tip it in. Uh, really cool. Uh, Bersois had had like. I think we'd be surprised. Bersois made, Ryan, some more saves than you would think from a, a blowout game like that. Yeah, I, you know, for me, it was it was the timeliness of, of the saves that he made and the key moments within the game. Uh, when you look at the totality of it, 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 the numbers aren't going to jump out at you from no. Loren Brassois last night. But you look at that that late stage of the second period power play for the Kings – a lot of zone time, generating a lot of chances in tight. And, and there were two saves by Brossois on Alex Iafalo that were really, really pivotal in the game. Brian? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's two, twofold. And this is the difference between Vegas and L.A. last night is Loren Brossois made some great saves. He only had to make them once for the, yes. for the most part. The second opportunities for Vegas were there. And also, again, the ability to pretty much camp out in front. But you're, you're bang on, Ryan. I thought that the power play at the end of the second period was so pivotal uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, the, the penalty kill, because that was the one instance right after a Trevor Moore shorthanded goal uh, that made it 5-2, if I remember correctly, at that point. Hey, you're the play-by-play uh, guy, not me. A lot happened last <laughs> night, Darren. Uh, <laughs> so Tre- Trevor Moore gets a shorthanded goal, and that was the first power play. That was the first shift where we really saw Kempe, Ayafalo, and Kopitar dominate the zone, buzzing, handling, for an, yeah, and jerrying from inside the dot. So that was the first time that we saw the, the VGK on the penalty kill and in, in all, at all in their defensive zone kind of scrambling. And they were breaking, they broke the shell, and they were getting the looks they wanted against Laurent Brassois, and he was tremendous, not only making the first save, but also positioning himself while he was down to be square to make the second. Uh, so th- that that two minute window for Loren Brassois tamps down the, the last big push that LA had to try to get themselves back in. Can I toss in another one? The Please. save that he made in the middle of the four goals in a minute sixteen, he made a save in there yeah, on Doughty. On Doughty, yes. right? Uh, Kopitar or Doughty, one of the two. Uh, and again, I default to you. Uh, but that <laughs> that that was an incredible save. It, or else it's two two. Instead of 3-1, because Vegas comes down and scores. And it kind of got lost in the whole back and forth of Vegas scoring on three straight shots. But uh, a massive save with chaos occurring at the crypto. Ryan, you might remember, because I do think, if, I think you're right there. I think it was, he went right to left for did He stopped Doughty. Mm-hmm. And then it's the rush back down the ice, the ensuing rush that Marcia so finishes yeah. the post from Carlson. I think, that's, I think that's the sequence you're thinking of, Darren, yeah. and you're bang on. Awesome stuff. Uh, we're so proud of you. So uh, just absolutely thrilled uh, that you got that opportunity. And uh, we wish uh, Dan the, the best of luck. But uh, I think it's uh, important for people to know uh, when somebody really neat and uh, no, no sense of entitlement or ego in our business uh, comes up and is able to uh, fulfill a job that uh, is really important to our listeners. And you did it uh, with, uh, with great ease, and you did it with great flair, and uh, we're really uh, proud of you, buddy, and uh, wish you nothing but the best. Uh, whether it's uh, Henderson on Friday or whether it's Vegas on Friday, uh, we are, uh, we're, we're lucky to have you in the stable. Guys, I, I appreciate that, and, and I've said this before. I've been here only 11 months. It feels like longer, but in that span, I've gotten to do 
last night, preseason games, rookie tournaments, radio shows with you guys. Uh, not every AHL broadcaster gets the opportunities uh, with the big club that I get from the VGK. So I'm very thankful and, and grateful for that. Uh, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on now. It was a, it was a fun night, and uh, I'm lucky I work with a lot of good people, and then yourselves included, the broadcast table that I can always bounce things off of. So uh, appreciate the help, appreciate the opportunities, and uh, appreciate the time today. And the people from Crypto.com Arena say they want their chair back and the desk back, if, the, if you don't mind mailing that back, because you, uh, the, the program and the lineups were fine, but the, the desk and the chair, you keep, have to return. Keep the desk, keep the chair. Come on. <laughs> if, if there aren't uh, chaos at Crypto t-shirts by tomorrow, it's a blow marketing opportunity. Shame on that. <laughs> you got that. Tales from the Crypt, uh, Brian McCormick style. Uh, thanks for doing this, uh, pal, and uh, can't wait to, to see you in person and uh, shake your hand. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. There's Brian McCormick. Yeah, it's happy 2026 if I don't see you. Uh, all the best uh, to you. Uh, what what a moment. And it happened so fast. I wonder, do you want that to happen fast, or do you want to be able to get a job and think about it uh, all summer that you're going to be able to, to step into that broadcast booth and think about it? Ooh, I don't want to think about anything. Yeah. I just, so I, just I, do I it the way he did. Just it. reactionary. Two hours, get on the charter, mm-hmm. you're going to L.A. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's interesting because you got a moment to settle into the game because mm-hmm. it was a, a bit – I don't want to say slow, but there wasn't much going on oh, it was, early on. It was on. sloppy. It yeah. was choppy. And then all of a sudden, bang, 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 and, and you're into the game. Like, it, it was it was a minute and 16 seconds of absolute chaos, and it was awesome. So 3-1 after one period. Mm-hmm. And then I wondered, are we going to get, like, nothing for the rest of this game? <laughs> the coaches are both going to go in and say, let's, let's shut this down. Mm-hmm. You had your fun. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to playing. We didn't. It, oh. it turned into a, a really fun, entertaining game. And the third period was uh, not as, uh, well, it, it lacked uh, uh, drama, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Vegas needed to do. Yeah. They, they had to make that period sort of irrelevant, unforgettable, or uh, forgettable, and, uh, and just uh, be able to work about their business. That, that, was, uh, that was a big win for that, uh, that Vegas hockey club last night. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, you, you look at what, the what they were playing without yeah and that's not uh it all a lot of teams are going to be playing without we we just we recognize that we understand that but um you know for for that game without petrangelo without dodonov without mark stone you're talking about three pillars of what they've done well on the power play what they have done right over the last 10 or 12 games um and they were able to put up six like you're missing chunks of your offense yeah and you put up six uh, on both units mm-hmm. but we'll get more into uh, this game uh, as well as our ratings uh from last night's 6-3 victory by the vegas golden knights over the la kings also want to tell you we're broadcasting uh, live right now from finley volkswagen valley auto mall and uh finley vw has uh, partnered with uh, the vegas golden knights insider show to give away a couple of tickets to friday's game against the anaheim ducks mm-hmm. it's a basically a battle for first place yeah. Uh, on Friday. It's a noon start at T-Mobile Arena. You have to come here at some point during the next 90 minutes, and we will draw for two tickets uh, and, uh, and send somebody uh, and a friend uh, to that game on Friday. But you have to come see us and fill out a ballot. We are in the main showroom over Can't by the Christmas us. tree. No, but there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's 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 really busy uh, in here today. So uh, come on by uh, Finley Volkswagen Valley Auto Mall and uh, your chance to win a couple of tickets to the New Year's Eve Day game. 
never really makes sense to say that, but yeah, I oh, feel it's like a I should. Game, it's a game day on New Year's Eve. I know, Eve, but yeah. there's a whole bunch of contradictions in that. Uh, sure. We'll, uh, we'll explain it uh, a little bit more for you, but you've got about 90 minutes to get on down here. Uh, more on the World Junior Championship. We talk about chaos and uh, the dramatic turn of events uh, taking place in Red Deer and Edmonton. Uh, we'll also bring you the play of the day from last night and one-timers, uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. More on uh, those wild scores from last night. It's the VGK Insider Show broadcasting live from Findlay Volkswagen, the Valley Automall on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. That was fun catching up with Brian McCormick, voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, and last night called his first regular season National Hockey League game, and it's a win. And we uh, hope that... Dan Duva is back on Friday night at the uh, Friday afternoon, actually, a noon start. So it's Friday at noon against Anaheim at uh, T-Mobile Arena, and then everybody clears out for the big celebrations uh, on the Strip. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Were you a big New Year's guy all the time? Do you get together and really ring it in, like uh, do it upright? No, I'm not a a big New Year's guy. Um, I've had some really crazy and fun situations happen to me on New Year's Eve on the Strip at times. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some I'm certainly not going to talk about on the air ever. No? No, 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 it's not going to happen. But uh, now... It's all about seeing whether or not my kids can stay up to midnight. Nobody they, wants to stay up to midnight. Oh, no, they do. Oh, they do. I mean, I don't, but they do. Uh, and, yeah, fireworks, those are always fun. No way I'd want any kids staying up to midnight. Crash it, lock it no, down no, no, at 6. No, no, no. I, I make 6 o'clock the New Year's Eve. Oh, it's and then fun. everybody to bed. No, no, no. It's fun because at least then they sleep in the next day. Uh, the uh, product last night in the National Hockey League, was interesting, and, and you kind of got a taste of uh, 80s hockey. or, or it, But the goals, like there wasn't a lot of terrible goals when I went through it. There was a lot of great chances. There were some and, goofy goals. And terrible defending. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the looks that we saw and, and all the, the fun stuff uh, coming out of it, uh, the, the, the scores were full, full marks for their, for their goals. The Vegas game for sure. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much a, a case of uh, poor goaltending. It was just kind of poor details in front of the goalies. And, you know, as as Brian McCormick pointed out when we just spoke to him, like there were two goals that the Golden Knights scored that were directly the result of poor plays from the defense of the of the L.A. Kings. Like the, Jonathan Marshall's second goal of the game uh, wasn't unassisted. Drew no. Doughty played a major role in setting that beautiful play up. Uh, I don't know who was more surprised that that puck uh, ended up on Marcheseau's stick. Drew Doughty's, <laughs> Jonathan Marcheseau's, or Garrett Sparks? It's the only, like, that was the only blemish for Garrett Sparks, too. Like, he was, he was locked. He was good uh, when he yeah, came into the that, game. That, that was funny. Uh, we also have some news that, that we want to bring you from Edmonton and Red Deer. The World Junior Hockey Championship 2022 version uh, has officially been uh, canceled. For this year, uh, they got into the tournament. Uh, teams had played uh, played a couple of games, but uh, COVID testing has resulted in some positive tests on three different teams, including Team USA. And the organizers have just decided to uh, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the exact rationale behind 
the, the decision because there's, there's always uh, a few different layers to it. Mm -hmm. uh, at first glance, you go, okay, a couple of players, three teams affected. Can you, can you isolate? Can you get through it? But in a short tournament, I certainly do understand why they made this choice before it got out of, out of hand. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that you, you had to make some kind of determination because as you were, as we were talking about yesterday, Team, Team USA already had to forfeit a game, and there were questions about whether or not they'd be able to play their scheduled game today. If you have a, a team that's in the tournament that is the defending champion, uh, be unable to, to defend their championship uh, because of COVID concerns, and then you had other teams that were having some, uh, some issues with positive tests, um, you start to get into kind of the, the, the validity of the tournament, right? Like if you have two or three teams that aren't able to play and forfeiting all their games, then you start to question what it is you're actually trying to accomplish here. So uh, I, can't, I can't imagine it's going to be a scenario where it, it's, you know, cancellation, sure. Is it more postponement than anything? Is it more pushing it down the road a little bit to see if there's another window uh, later on in 2022 where you could complete the tournament. I'm not sure if that's on the table, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I would say no, just based on the IIHF canceling all championships for 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and that happened uh, earlier sure. this week. And it drew great outrage because the World uh, Women's uh, Under-18 tournament scheduled for a couple of weeks was, was part of that uh, that fallout uh, in canceling all the tournaments and and it uh, there was a lot of criticism towards the IIHF. How can you be holding a, a under twenty championship for the men's side and canceling the under eighteen women's tournament uh, two weeks later? And uh, when you, when you're faced with this situation, um, uh, yeah, there's it it was it was easier to do this even though it was a really difficult decision. Uh, to to go down this route, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a hard and fast bubble uh, like it was last year. It was more of a hybrid. Um, last year's tournament was was held under the the, the same restrictions or uh, uh, types of uh, uh, bubble uh, guidelines that the the National Hockey League held in in Edmonton. Uh, this time, other people were staying at the hotels that the the athletes uh, were staying in, so uh, the players couldn't leave the hotels. But other people were around, and, and it's so highly tra transmissible. I talked to somebody today who said uh, they expect uh, in the next three months one in three Albertans will have had COVID. Mm. Uh, so it's it's there's a there's a big surge there as much as we're seeing here more. Yeah, I mean it's it's everywhere, and I you know again I think that there's you know it's it's time to pause, right? It's time to to take a moment, take a step, um, and and think about kind of. What the, what the landscape's going to look like in 2022 when it when it comes to tournaments when it comes to uh, the IIHF and, and what what the the right thing to do is for um, all of those championship tournaments uh, I think that you, you just you got to come up with a game plan and got to come up with a, a structure that might work so that's not a hard secure bubble that they just went through mm -hmm. that eventually there was positive tests sure which resulted in the cancellation of the tournament. Mm -hmm. Does that not make you wonder how much it's going to be difficult to pull off the Olympic Winter Games in Beijing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it was absolutely going to be difficult. I think it's it's absolutely one of those situations where um, you know you're you're seeing a situation unfold that 
NHL players might have walked right into in Beijing. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at, you know, that three to five window of quarantine, like that that makes it very real. What what you just saw here with the world champion uh, with the world junior championships, uh, is is likely or could be a precursor to what NHL players might have dealt with in Beijing. Guidelines will be much stricter in Beijing. Mm-hmm. But still. Well, it, it makes you wonder if these kind of tournaments where you are going best on best and you're bringing players in from all over the world, it makes you wonder if they should be in a bubble. Well, just through COVID, right? Sure. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. We're not. Uh, not. Not. Not forever. Not. Thank not you. until the end of time. Well, no. I, I don't know anymore whether, well, whether yeah. how, how people are are, are thinking or are, are reacting. Yeah. But yeah, listen. There's there's runway with the National Hockey League. You can you can go deeper. You can make adjustments. You can free up three weeks in 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 February. Uh, these players that are participating in the World Junior Championship have to go back to their club teams all over the world. And you can't just uh, extend it for another three weeks as as one team deals with a quarantine issue, or now three teams deal with a quarantine issue. Look, it's big money. Yeah. Hockey Canada, in particular, in this case, will lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV rights uh, and and advertising and and just hosting the tournament. Uh, so that that was not made uh, lightly, but right decision. Uh, when we continue the play of the day, plus we'll get into our rankings uh, for last night's game. Uh, and uh, there's there's a lot of different directions you can go uh, for last night's uh, contest in which the Vegas Golden Knights beat the uh, great uh, Los Angeles Kings who are making some some real progress up. They were within three points of a playoff spot going into last night. So uh, they're they're knocking on the door. Uh, I don't uh, underestimate that victory at all. Uh, we also want to let you know that we're broadcasting live from Finley Volkswagen in the Valley Auto Mall, 983 Auto Show Drive. Uh, come on by and enter your name. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. See, somebody's filling out a ballot right now. Uh, as we uh, fill up the, uh, the draw drum for uh, two tickets to Friday's game against the Anaheim Ducks, a noon start at T-Mobile Arena. We will give those two tickets away at some point in the next uh, couple of hours, but you have to come down here and enter your name uh, with us as we continue. The play of the day is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Broadcasting live from uh, Findlay Volkswagen Valley Auto Mall. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, come on down. We've got a couple of tickets to give away before the end of showtime to Friday's New Year's Eve day game against the Anaheim Ducks, a noon start. Uh, fill out your uh, ballot, and we will draw for those two tickets uh, before the end of this program in hour number two. We are located right under the Christmas tree. In fact, if it fell over, it would swamp Ryan Wallace. Crush me crush you down you would have those uh, Volkswagen decorations all over you uh, scattered around uh, still be a Christmas guy too you, 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 they, well you would look very festive uh, and and Laurent Brassois was uh, certainly festive last night so was uh, the Vegas Golden Knights offense boy did it go 
uh, three goals in the first period, uh, scored on three consecutive shots. I don't know which way the judges uh, went today, but I know that, uh, that it was a difficult choice for the VGK Insider Show play of the day. 30 seconds on the power play. Near corner, I follow. Up top, Kempe, wrist shot, save made. Rebound, another save by Bersois. And he'll hang on for the whistle. That is Brian McCormick with the call. And if memory serves correct, that was the second period penalty kill from the Vegas Golden Knights, which set them up for a, a really good third period and, and, a, and a comfortable third period. Yeah, it, it allowed the Golden Knights to go into the third period with a three-goal lead as opposed to a two-goal lead. Uh, to me, that was the game. That, that was really the moment where you know the, the Golden Knights getting through that penalty kill, getting some really big saves from Loren Brassois, and, and getting into the third period with that, with that three-goal lead, the ability to, to move up and, and push a little bit more to start that third period, uh, that was key. That was huge. And uh, it, it prevented the game from getting tighter than it had to be. Loren Brassois surpasses his win total from the uh, each of the last two seasons, so he establishes a high watermark. Uh, Nick Waugh uh, surpasses uh, his uh, goal total uh, from, from last year, so he is uh, on to a new career high. A lot going on that we can spill over into hour number two of the VGK Insider Show as we broadcast live from Finley Volkswagen, the Valley Auto Mall on Fox Sports Las Vegas.